Hi there, and welcome to PMICast, the only UK podcast devoted to private medical insurance. I'm your host, Phil Knight, and let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to episode number 64 of PMICast, your only resource for private medical insurance in a podcast form. My name is Phil Knight, I'm your host. Welcome to episode 64 recorded on Friday the 27th of February 2015. My name is Phil Knight, I'm an independent healthcare consultant and I advise clients on individual and corporate private medical insurance cover in the UK and around the world. Um, Check out my blog, all the W's, localventure.blogspot.com. That's my personal and business blog, and I try and blog on business issues during the week, Monday through Friday, and then perhaps some slightly more relaxed stuff at the weekend. Uh, The podcast focuses on private medical insurance, but we'll touch upon the blog, so it's probably worth checking that out if you get a chance. So each week in the podcast, we talk about the blog, we talk about my work with introducers, we talk about a core private medical insurance issue, and maybe some news items as well. Although I don't think this week there's anything much I want to talk about in the news. Um, In the blog, um, on the 25th of February, I put up a post um, talking about it being a particular time of the month. It's that time of the month when clients have promised me business, promised to return forms, uh, to get their cover, whether it's new or existing, moving somewhere else to get their cover sorted out for them Um, and as we get to the end of each month I get increasingly panicky about the fact that they haven't returned their forms to me and for some reason February of this year seems to have been particularly bad. People who have told me yep I want to go ahead want to do a new plan want to set up a corporate plan or we need to switch from AN insurer to CD other insurer Um, but for some reason they're not sending the forms back or replying to emails. And this is frustrating for me for two reasons. First of all, obviously, if they don't submit their uh, business to me, I don't get paid. I'm a self-employed sole trader, so I'm reliant upon clients sending business in in order to, to earn a living. But probably more importantly, over the grand scheme of things, if a client doesn't send his application form back, they're not on cover. I've talked about this on the, on the podcast on more than one occasion. Um, I had a case, I think I may have mentioned this in the last episode, but I had a case um, in December where I've been chasing and chasing an application form. Um, My last contact with them was just before Christmas saying, here's the the two forms that I need, send it back, it can all be done within 48 hours. And then I had an email from him on the uh, 9th, 10th of January to say, oh Phil, I thought we were on cover. Now fortunately, that client didn't need to make a claim But what if he hadn't sent his forms back despite repeated reminders from me and then all of a sudden on the 8th of January he decides he needs to make a claim? Well, it's not going to be covered. If the insurer doesn't get your application form back, they will not pay for a claim and quite right too. So the post is a reflection of how frustrating it is when clients want to go ahead because I just know with some of these clients, they're going to be ringing me up in two or three weeks' time and saying, Phil... Where, where are my documents? Why haven't you done this for me? And the answer is, Mr. Client, I can't do it unless you send me your application forms. It's really, really important. Now, moving on to introducers. Um, it's been quite a good 
couple of months with introducers. I've done some work on marketing on LinkedIn and, and via uh, mail shotting to, to my current and prospective introducer mailing list. And I've had quite a few people come to me. I've had quite a few leads in. And over the next five or six days, I've got a report to write every day for one of my introducer's clients. So a, a fair number of leads from introducers. But apparently, I ha- well, not apparently, definitely. I had a call from, from one of my existing introducers um, not Monday of this week, but the previous week, saying, Phil, you've been mentioned on a, on, on a, 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 a series of, of email discussions, uh, not email discussions, a series of posted discussions on LinkedIn on an IFA group talking about how you are the, the person to go to for subcontracting private medical insurance in the north of England, which, being big-headed, I already knew, but it's nice to hear it, nice to see it in print. Or at least it would be if I could find the reference. I've searched on Google and on LinkedIn, and I can find no mention of me in any discussions on LinkedIn. Um, two groups have been mentioned to me. Um, I think um, IFA Talk and uh, Life something or other. And I'm members of both groups on LinkedIn that, that were mentioned to me. Um, and I can't find any mention of me on any discussions. So initially, I thought, well, perhaps this person's misread something that I've posted, which is entirely possible, picking myself up, or uh, I just got hold of the wrong end of the stick. And then at the back end of last week and beginning of this week, I've had a series of seven or eight contacts from IFH who've said, I read about you on LinkedIn, Phil. Can you work with us? So I've also, in addition to having cases from existing introducers, I've got another four or five now who are interested in working me. A couple of extra have already confirmed that they're going to send me leads, and I'm waiting for a lead from one of them, um, which is a good reminder. I need to actually contact him and remind him to send me the details across from the client. Um, so something has happened on LinkedIn in the last fortnight. I still cannot find the reference to me, despite asking a couple of them to send me a link. Um, but it's a... Nice to see a bit of positive reinforcement. And also, as I've said on the podcast before, uh, and I mentioned on my um, interview with um, uh, Roger on um, his uh, marketing podcast, which you can see a link to in the top right of of my blog, um, I think that, that using the podcast and social media as informal tools to market to your chosen demographic whether it's direct clients corporates or, or or in my case introducers as well is a really productive way of getting your name in front of client and getting probably more bang for your buck in terms of, of cost and time spent on marketing uh, and I've certainly found that over the last five or six months certainly the work that I've put in on LinkedIn here on the podcast and more generally on social media Facebook Twitter and so forth is paying dividends not only in terms of additional leads, which it certainly is generating more leads now, but also in, in terms of just profile, that as, an, as a self-employed sole trader, as, as a one-man band, uh, it is possible to build yourself a profile as long as you're professional, as long as you know what you're doing. You can build yourself a profile out of all proportion to perhaps what some of the bigger boys in the marketplace do because their problem is that if you are a consultant with a large employee benefits house writing private medical and other employee benefits in the same way that I would do 
you're not really allowed to have free reign on social media in the way that I can. So there are disadvantages to, to working for yourself and, and relying on yourself to generate all of your business. But there are also, also massive advantages in terms of, of who's the boss and who says what I can and can't talk about on my podcast, for example. So really interesting stuff. And if you did read about me on LinkedIn and you'll probably find your way to the podcast, it's definitely worth giving me a call, dropping me an email, sending me a message via the podcast, which is pmicast at gmail.com, or message me on LinkedIn or Twitter and saying, hi, Phil, how can I help your practice derive more revenue from private medical insurance? Always happy to have that discussion, even if you're not really going to end up passing me any leads. I find that if you help people out, eventually they'll pay you back. Now, I did say that there wasn't really any news to talk about today, and there is no formal health news that I, that I wanted to really raise uh, in particular, but I am about to do um, a mailing to both personal clients and also to my um, IFA introducers to the, to the main mailing list. So watch out for that. Perhaps listen to the podcast, listen to a couple, and if you've got any questions, please feel free to approach me. But on the mailing, there will be full contact details, and if you're interested in having a chat, always happy to do so. Now, today in the, the PMI section of the podcast, I'm going to quickly talk about um, online added value health surveys. I mean, in particular, two of the major insurers, uh, Aviva, who have uh, something called My Health, and Pru Health, who have Vitality. And of course, Pru Health is shortly to be rebranded as Vitality, the name of the business anyway. And um, they're adding value, but they do offer advantages to policyholders. So, I mean, for example, the My Health questionnaire that Aviva policyholders have to fill in at specific points during the policy year actually offers quite generous discounts on the plan. So, I would always recommend filling in that questionnaire when you receive the prompt through from Aviva's. Um, Pru Health's vitality is an interesting beast. There are um, certainly in, on, the, on the personal side of things, there are access to free cinema tickets and cut price um, holidays and assessments and a range of health and beauty and fitness related um, discounts and advantages to having Vitality. They've actually changed the, um, the way Vitality works. So, for example, to access the free cinema tickets from... Um, your pending renewal. My plan with Peru renewed on the 1st of February. So in order to, to keep getting my free cinema tickets, which I use quite regularly, having having two uh, uh, kind of relatively young kids, um, from April this year, I'm going to need to actually earn more vitality points in order to keep getting the benefits that I've had. But the interesting thing about it is that with Peru, it's quite easy to link a fitness device to the vitality process. So for example, I use a Fitbit, um, and have done for some months. It's now possible to link my Fitbit to the uh, Pru Health Vitality website, uh, and every day, I mean, I average probably something around sort of thirteen to fifteen thousand steps, um, and and getting that in at least four days a week guarantees me forty Vitality points every week. So, what does that work out? So a couple of thousand vitality points. So it puts me well on the way to getting silver vitality without doing anything that I'm not already doing anyway. So if when you have a, and I'll always raise this with clients, but if if when you, you have a PMI insurance policy, if there are these added value capabilities, 
make sure you ask, make sure you check them out in the policy documentation because they are definitely worth having. For example, if I keep the proof health vitality going, and that's just part of my normal lifestyle is monitoring my fitness and, 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 and doing the, the Fitbit thing. Um, every time I go to the cinema and get two free tickets, it's saving me £20. So it really is worth, worth, um, worth doing it. Anyway, that's the podcast for today. Thanks for listening. If you're interested, have any questions, e- email me on pmicast at gmail.com. Uh, from a regulatory perspective, I'm an independent healthcare consultant, part of Premier Choice Group, who are authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA number 312878. And you can find all the pertinent email addresses in the show notes of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here in a fortnight for episode 65 of PMI Cast. Take care.